Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of Holding Space. Today we are going to be talking all about the idea of all in. Why it's become so popular recently, we're going to talk about the science behind it, and then finally, the way that you might implement it in your own life. I think that the reason that All In has become so popular recently is largely down to the YouTuber Stephanie Buttermore. So Stephanie Buttermore is a fitness professional and she was really, really well known for being super lean, really strong. She brought out fitness programs. She did lots of why in the day, really offered some great advice. She's very scientific um, and very, very knowledgeable. And around about a year ago, she came out to say that although she didn't have an eating disorder, she was really suffering with some of the um, side effects that kind of come alongside being so lean and probably under your body's set weight. So that was things like being really cold, um, dry skin, um, very food focused, low mood, and mainly the thing that she was really struggling with with was extreme hunger which is where you are almost unable to ever fill that void of hunger and it doesn't matter how much you eat there's always that kind of emotional feed that head hunger that that never really goes away and Stephanie had tried lots of other ways to kind of heal herself. She'd reverse dieted, which is where you increase your calories really slowly. She had bulked, so she'd gained a little bit of weight, but she just wasn't finding that any of these um, methods were really working. And so instead, what she decided to do was go all in on her healing and her recovery, which meant that rather than sticking to certain boxes and calories and macros, she was just gonna eat until she was full every single time no matter what time of day it was what meal it was she was just going to eat if she was hungry and to begin with that looked like around about like four five five six thousand calories a day just to fill that void and the main part of what stephanie was doing was that it, it was it was to heal her so it, it didn't matter what her body did it didn't matter how her body reacted she was trusting that eventually her body would heal but she had to cure it heal it first she had to go through this process and so what happened was she gained weight her weight then stabilized and now it started to go down but in the process she has healed her body she no longer has the extreme hunger i believe her hormones are at normal levels and so she's and she says that her mood and all these other things are so much better the idea for me behind all in is that you choose to heal your body regardless of what it does for your weight or your shape or your size because ultimately we know that we don't want to live this life anymore and I think you probably feel the same too because you're listening to this podcast so the science behind all in much of is focused on the Minnesota uh, starvation diet and it's really reminiscent and similar to the ideas that are outlined in the mini Maud theory which is now called the homeodynamics theory um the idea behind it is that your 
body is capable of implementing compensatory uh, processes in order to regain homeostasis. Basically, what that means is your body will um, do what it can to keep you alive. So it might slow down your metabolism. It might make you cold all the time. You might lose your period. Basically, it's trying to save energy. And so in order to move away from this, to heal ourselves from this, the mini mord or homeostasis, uh, homeodynamic theory outlines uh, three main steps. The first one is weight restoration to your set point. The second is repairing and reversing physical and metabolic damage. And the third is developing new non-restrictive neural pathways in response to usual anxiety triggers. And basically that just means that you don't restrict when you're anxious and you don't use food as your only coping mechanism. So the mini Maud method sets up its sort of like mini uh, minimum uh, calorie intake levels based on age, height and sex. So nothing to do with your weight, which I think is really reassuring if you are a healthy, inverted commas, BMI. Just because you are, inverted commas, healthy looking, doesn't mean that this is irrelevant to you. Um, it's infuriating for an eating disorder that revolves around never feeling enough, that your severity of how ill you are is supposedly dictated by how small you are. It's okay to be a quote unquote healthy weight and not to feel recovered. Your feelings are still valid, you feel them, that is enough. So take uh, assurance, comfort in the fact that BMI is not important here. This is about healing the restrictive damage, sorry, healing the damage that restrictive eating has caused. It's giving yourself permission to heal regardless of what your body looks like. If the thought of weight restoration and eating above 3000 calories a day feels overwhelming to you, I just wanted to offer you a word from Dr. Emily Transico, I think I said her name wrong, who is a researcher in the field of eating disorders. She says, there is no point in waiting for the magical moment at which you decide once and for all that you want to start eating again or that you want to regain weight. Your starved state is making you unable to think flexibly enough to comprehend the possibility of eating or living differently, or even the possibility of wanting to think about or enjoy other things than food. It has hidden from you who you really are and made you believe that you are nothing but the anorexia or any eating disorder that you may have. It is making the smallest piece of food feel like too much. For these reasons, you will never truly want to recover, but you have to seize all your feelings of despair desperation, hope, recklessness, and curiosity in order to make yourself plunge into that first day and first meal of recovery. Recovery. As long as you keep yourself going, keep eating through the first difficult weeks, it will get easier and easier. I hope that you find that helpful. I think that's a really, really good point. You'll never really feel ready. And that's okay you let the fact that you don't feel okay be the thing that makes you feel like you want to do something if that makes any sense um so 
the reason that we need to begin to heal or what we might begin to heal from is, or why we might need so much to heal, so much more to heal, sorry, like food-wise, is because I'll use, of, I'll use the analogy of sleep. If you were not to sleep, if you slept two hours a night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday, you got eight hours, you wouldn't feel fine just because you'd had one night of sleep, one good night of sleep. Restricting, restrictive eating has the same kind of uh, cumulative damage over time. And so it's gonna take consistency of more food to heal. There's the food to live, and then there's the food to heal. But the longer that you stay in a state of this kind of quasi recovery, the more efficient your body will become at shutting down like non-essential things. And everyone, metabolism varies, but you'll probably know yourself, it's not uncommon to be able to maintain your weight on supposedly low calories or lower than you should be having calories. But instead of restricting further, you need to rest and allow yourself to heal. Before we move on to defining all in for yourself, I just wanted to talk a little bit about fat overshooting and the science behind that as a way to sort of um, hopefully reassure you if that's something that you experience or are experiencing. Much of the research that we have around this comes from the Minnesota Starvation Diet, which was a um, study done in World War II on 36 participants, I think. Yeah, 36. Um, and they were taken from the standard diet to a um, diet of 1600 calories. And over that time, they became super food focused. They became really realistic, ritualistic around food. Um, they were obsessed with food, there was loss of motivation, there was behavioural change, um, they all read cookbooks. Something that you might recognise in yourself, and that was just because they were under eating, none of them had previous uh, eating disorder or mental issues. This was just because they were eating too little. I think that's really important. But interestingly, not only that, when they began to gain weight, it took them a whole year for their body level, their body fat percentage to get back to a baseline baseline level, back to normal, what it started at. Which basically means if you feel like you're gaining weight unevenly, that's normal. But restricting isn't the answer. The answer is fully healing, which means keeping going. So defining your own version of all in. For me, all in is choosing not to bypass the hard work any longer. It's recognizing that it's too hard is just not an excuse anymore. You know that you can do hard things. It's knowing that you don't want this life anymore, otherwise you wouldn't be listening. And so choosing to do the thing that maybe you really, really don't want to do, or at least risk it, because you actually don't know what's gonna happen. As one of my friends has said to me, to quote Harry Potter, neither can live whilst the other survives. You cannot simultaneously act upon and heal from your eating disorder. That's why all in is so important. But I think it's important for you to come up with your own 
definition and your own processes, rather than looking to me or to other people, often I think we look for this kind of perfect plan from others because we've completely lost trust, lost trust in ourselves. But maybe that's just because we haven't practiced it. When you're choosing to ignore your body all the time, you're not practicing self-trust. So maybe for instance, doing what Stephanie Buttermore did and eating 6,000 calories a day is gonna be too much for you right now. I sometimes like to liken it to ripping off and peeling off a Band-Aid. There is, neither one is right nor wrong. They have got the same intention. One's just a little bit slower. But what underlines all of this is a promise and a commitment to yourself to be moving in that direction. I find lots of journaling really, really helpful. And I wanted to encourage you to maybe not necessarily journal, but as like a challenge or some homework, go and grab a piece of paper and write all in in the middle. Let this be super messy. Like don't try and make anything perfect. Whatever comes into your head is great. You could put anything on there. But what does all in might, what could all in be to you and what does it look like to you right now and then grab another piece of paper and maybe put this piece of paper somewhere that you're going to be able to access it really easily so like on your bedside table and write in the middle of this one what gets in the way and what I want you to write on this one is what gets in the way of going all in what are those um eating disorder behaviors that are kind of stopping you from healing fully. And they might be so hidden or habitual that you don't even really recognize them. It might be something as simple as choosing unsweetened almond milk over oat milk because it's got less calories. But these tiny weeny little things that you do every single day that add up, start to write them down. And then we'll revisit this again in a few weeks. All in will constantly be changing for you and that is so fine. When you've done your little spider diagram of what all in means, stick it somewhere that you can see to remind yourself. I wanted to end today's episode with a poem that I think or that I feel really, really well encompasses, explains why you should choose to live a full life versus one of quasi-recovery. It's by Tyler Kent Knott, and he writes, Promise me you will not spend so much time treading water and trying to keep your head above the waves that you forget, truly forget, how much you have always loved to swim. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And I will talk to you next time.